You're listening to Kraken Fancast. The podcast for Seattle Kraken fans. By Seattle Kraken fans. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Kraken Fancast. I'm your host, Chris Porter, here with my colleagues Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson for some Seattle Kraken hockey talk. Before we get to that, we want to give big thanks to our sponsor, the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey theme bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. If you're not going to the Kraken game, catch the game at the Angry Beaver. So since our last episode, uh, I'm happy to say that the Seattle Kraken have looked quite a bit better. Boy, we were like moaning and groaning in the last uh, couple of episodes and uh these guys, uh, you know, they have a ways to dig themselves out of the mediocrity hole, so to speak, in the standings. But uh, they've given us some faith that they are capable of doing it. Uh, been on quite a run. Um, and we've got a lot of games to recap here because it was crazy. Five games in nine days. They have played more games. I could be off on this by one, but I believe they played more games at this juncture than any team in the whole NHL. So a lot of teams have games on hand on them so i know they seem uh high up on this higher up on the standings but got to remember there's some uh some teams nipping at their heels here and uh could overtake them so they've, they've got a lot of games they've already played so we hence we have a lot to talk about tonight uh i'll recap uh five games quickly and then we'll get in on it also a lot of stuff uh, happening uh they picked up uh, veteran tomas tatar it's been in the league for a long time. Uh, he was most recently playing with the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, they got him in a trade for a fifth-round pick uh, in the 2020 draft. So Tatar has been playing uh, actually pretty well. He, he got his uh, first goal the other night. We'll talk about that in a sec. So that's new. We have deal with injuries um, uh, with Bellamar and Jared McCann and Grubauer remains on the IR. So Joey Decord, we've been seeing in goal all of these games. Chris Drieger has just been warming up the bench. Uh, are we going to see him soon? We shall see. But Joey Decord uh, playing, I don't know, in my opinion, like twice the goalie he was two seasons ago. The other day, and we will talk about it in a moment, uh, arguably he, he stole a game, and we hardly ever see a Kraken goalie steal a game. Usually it seems to happen on the other end from, from the opposing team. Joey's been playing very solid goal. Uh, on there so why why take them out i guess but uh, we will get to that but let's uh, talk a little bit about some of the games since our last episode december 12th boy that was a fun game there were a couple of really fun games right off the bat uh and this one you love seeing a shutout uh florida panthers come to town december 12th and what happens the kraken won four to nothing this is a kraken team that's been struggling to score goals struggling to win or struggling to, you know, not have an overtime loss. They also have more overtime losses than uh, any other team in the NHL. But this was a solid win. Joey Decord got his first NHL shutout. Nathan and I got to watch that one together. That was, and it ended in eight-game skid. Man, that was an ugly skid. Um, and what a way to bounce back. Seeing Joey do well out there. Um Pretty even stats wise was about a 24 to 23 shot uh, score. You know, Panthers up a little on that. Kraken had a better faceoff percentage. Uh, the hits were kind of even. Block shots were kind of even, uh, and takeaways more or less even. So it was a really good game uh, on some stats, but it's all about goals, right? 
And uh, Kylo Yamamoto started it off in the second period. Actually, it was zero zero game for quite a while. And uh, Yamamoto uh, scored uh, a nice little wrist shot to get his fourth goal. And then the third period started out with some, you know, more or less some floodgates there. Uh, Pierre-Edouard uh, Pierre Bellamar uh, getting his third goal. Riker Evans and Yamamoto with assists on that. Alex Winberg, Ellie Tolvanen uh, wrapped one up there, uh, an empty netter, and, and sealed the deal. So that's a solid Florida Panthers team. Crack and take care of them for zip. So then two days later, Jim and I are together watching the game. And we see the Seattle Kraken just, speaking of floodgates, this is a big-time floodgates game, beating the Chicago Blackhawks, who were a pretty hapless team this year. I know Connor Bedard, the future star, and there are other you know solid players on this team, but uh, they've got a ways to go before they really gel into a, a contender again. And, uh, you know, this was uh, a very lopsided game. Seven to one. Yes, you read me right here. Seven to one. Seattle Kraken win. Uh, goal, shots on goal 29 to 22 in favor of the Kraken. They also won the faceoff challenge on that. Uh, power play. Uh, the only things, though, the hits and block shots, uh, Blackhawks were doing a little better on. But uh, other than that, it was all about the uh, the Kraken. I mean, Kyla Yamamoto got two goals in the first period. Uh, Hattie watch, Jim? Were we seeing a Hattie watch? No, anyway, we didn't, we didn't get a Hattie that day. But anyway, that, uh, I'm sure a lot of people were cheering for that. But Kyler, you know, local boy, sort of local boy, Spokane guy, gets his fifth and sixth goals. Um uh, Radish uh, from the Blackhawks made it two to one, and then that was all of the offense or scoring offense you saw of the Blackhawks. All the Bjorkstrand, Ty Cartier, Ellie Tolvanen gets his eighth. Jared McCann in the third period gets his fourteenth. So that was a power play goal, and Bellamara got his fourth goal, finishing that that fun game a fun game if you're a uh, Kraken fan of course which we are so that was really really nice so uh you know they're kind of bouncing back nice to get two solid wins there interesting to see 11 goals made uh but then uh you know there's some tougher tougher games coming up uh but Kraken made these uh made these competitive uh LA Kings doing very very well so far this season uh, on December 16th, uh, Kraken took them on and uh, close game. Uh, I mean, for a while, it looked actually not like a close game. It looked like uh, the King, Kings were, you know, just handling it entirely. But um, even though our Adam Larson got the first goal on that game, but uh, with Moore and Kopitar uh, making it two to one, but Ollie Bjorkstrand tied it up in the third period. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, you know, very lopsided with the shots. Joey playing really solidly, 38 shots in, uh, to 19 in favor of the Kings that game. Uh, Face-off wins, the Kings were way ahead. Uh, it was um, it, amazing it was as close as it was. And it was great to see, uh, see it going to overtime. And then went into shootouts, which uh, none of us are fans of. And Kraken do not have a good history with shootouts. And this was, uh, we can add that on to there. Uh, they uh, ended up uh, lo losing that uh, with uh, Grunstrom from the Kings uh, getting the winning shootout goal. But it was an overtime loss. There you go, another point. So, hey, 
uh, five points out of three games, not bad considering where we were coming from. So you had that from the Kings. Uh, boys are on the road against Dallas. Joey's still in net. And this is another one. Didn't start off well. Two goals uh, by Duchesne and Robertson of the Stars. It's looking lopsided in that first period. Uh, not even looking that great in the second period. But although Thomas Tatar did get his first goal as a Kraken player, it was the second of the year. Uh, Duchesne gets his his uh, second of the game, tenth of the year. So uh, from the Stars. So you know they take it right back, three to one, and then, but then the Kraken. That wonderful 40-minute playing team. Yeah, there are yeah, there are 60 minutes in the game, but for some of these games this is one of them that it's just it was a, it maybe arguably a solid 40 minutes. And luckily it was on the back end in the last last part of the second period and, and also in the third period. Kraken come back. Maddie Beneers, my God, he's been on such a slump of for scoring, and he got his fifth goal. Um ebbs and tatar on the assist on that. And then Ellie Tolvenin, good old. Quietly reliable Ellie Tolvin gets his ninth goal in the third period to send it into overtime. What happens in overtime? Uh, uh, Thomas Harley from the Stars gets the winner. But again, they got one point. So again, we've got uh, two, four, six points out of uh, four games. Again, way better than where they came from. And then uh, they've got uh, another quick uh, back with uh, the LA Kings in LA. And lo and behold, they win. I mean, they got to go to L.A., solid L.A. team. And uh, Joey Decord stole the game. I don't care what anybody says. 42 saves out of 43 shots, that kid. Amazing. And uh, Kraken went 2-1 to one on that one. Brandon Tanev uh, had a goal at 519 of the period, uh, unassisted. Uh, one of those, he's hanging out in front of that. This is in the second period, mind you. The, the first period, 0-0. Zero, zero. Second period, the only goal of the period. Brandon Tanev, right place, right time, showing some tenacity. Great to see. Uh, and then in the third period, uh, Jordan Eberle, who's been a little quiet lately, gets his fourth. Uh, Lazat from the Kings made it a little, uh, uh, maybe a little little too uh, too uh, interesting. Got it to two to one, but a little too little, too late. And uh the Kraken win that one uh, by a score of two to one. Uh, coming up are games, but as of our um, recording, uh, some games uh, against Anaheim and Calgary. A couple more road games before they come home to Philadelphia to take on John Tortorella's Philadelphia Flyers, and then the long-awaited, much beloved Winter Classic. They're building the ice rink right now on T-Mobile Field, Vegas Golden Knights. Seattle Kraken, January 1, Winter Classic coming up soon. So there you go. I'm feeling a little bit better about them, Jim and Nathan, going into the Winter Classic. But anyway, th thoughts on these past few games? Well, it was quite a whirlwind, it seemed like. That was a lot of action since our last episode, and it doesn't seem like it's been that long. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this was really crunch. I mean, they had a game every other day. I mean, it was Yeah, and, you know, most of them were on the road there for a bit. Right. And... Uh, very satisfying, actually, you know, three wins, one OTL and one shootout. We can't ask for much more after our eight game scud there, like you said. Um, <clears throat> just, I'm just going to go over a few points of the games you just reviewed of highlights and lowlights that I, that popped out. Well, obviously that was Joey's first shutout career shutout, which was nice against Florida. Um, it was nice to, you know, and we started out that period slow. 
in the hole, three shots to their nine, and that's a typical start lately, right? And then it was nice to see Yams get on the board, Yamamoto, because he was in an 11-game dry streak. That was also the start of the fourth line getting clicking, which was super nice. Something fourth that hasn't been amazing lately. Yeah. So um, total fourth line buzz. Um, and that was also Evan's very first point assist on that uh, wraparound beautiful sidewalk, uh, you know, crabbing around the net, half board battle, got it behind, threw it up, looked like a poised veteran, you know, even, uh, Olacek, uh, was really lighting him up on that one. Still, they were doing a replay on tonight or last night's game talking about it. Um, uh, so that was his first point. Uh, and when he scored again, like you said, which has been a while, it seems like it was also the start of us not getting in a hole right out of the box. We're starting to score first out of all these games, which is refreshing. This is something we haven't had. So that has a lot to do with it. Cause as you know, something about this team and getting down, I don't care if it's one, nothing. It just feels like a battle for 60, no matter what. Yeah. The you know? Dallas game was the only one that was not that case, but right, they, exactly. But they clawed their way back pretty well. Totally. Totally. And then of course, Chris, like you said, the seven to one game against Chicago, was just a total green card. That was a, that was ridiculous. It felt like we were playing. I think we mentioned it felt like we were playing an AHL club there for a while. It looked like a power play constantly in the zone. Uh, we had, you and I had so much time to just watch what was going on. And there was some possession zone time that was like 2.30, 2.40. It was ridiculous. I guess I don't um, want to harp too much on the Blackhawks, but I'm a little perplexed. I mean, I guess maybe it's a depth thing because you've got some good veterans on there. Felino, Donato, uh, you know, Peter Mrazek, although he came in later, the goalie. I mean, they've got some guys on there, but just just not enough, I guess. Well, and they're, you know, they did all those trades at the uh, draft last year and everything. They're totally building for the future. They're three years out, and they're all young, so they're going to be trouble here down the road big time. Uh, but we just dominated, and it was, you know, there was only one, one red mark on the card, and that was me circling Bedard because we just shut him down. That was his first pointless road game in 10 games. So that was a really, can, yeah, I kept hearing that stat. So I said, okay, we're taking that one to the bank. It was also, um, I mean, there's so many good things that happened in this game. I don't even need to get over it or get on it. But um, like once again, the fourth line kept doing the thing. And then uh, Joey, you know, he, he's positionally sound right now is most of his game. This is why he's playing so well. He's not, you know, he, he's a, he's a puck playing goalie. We know he's going to step out and play the puck when he has to, but when he's in the crease and they're in the zone, he's, his angles are proper. Things are looking good. His rebound control is good. So this is most of his game and why he's doing so well right now. Um, this was also the whole thing about Lars, uh, and his games is, I think he got his 300th, uh, Ironman game. And, uh, and that's, I think he's fifth in the league. You know, so that's that kind of caught me off guard. I wasn't ready for that. Um, just nothing but good things to say. And the PP clicked that game. The PK was good that game, obviously. So it's all rounding up the, the all the categories rather well. Um, and then the the LA, like you said, Tatar's first game in the LA game. You know, he looks good. First of all, we get him. We all read about him. We all know about him in the league. Chris, you and I used to kind of razz we uh, from the old days when the Bruins used to play the Red Wings, and um, you know. Yeah, he was, he was, he was a little, little you know, he'd be in his little scrums and stuff. We yeah. Like, oh, there he is. We have a, we have a history with him and, and yeah. he, you know what? He's a good two-way player. And <clears throat> like a lot of the uh, experts have said, you know, he's an analytic darling to this team and that's probably why they picked him up. A uh, good two-way player. And he's looked comfortable right out of the box. First line, what he's supposed to be doing. He's had a couple key plays, bank, uh, 
board passes, setting up plays, uh, just being where he's supposed to be. Um, and you know, the, once again, the whole, the yams the, is going the whole fourth line. Um, we got to talk about Bjorky later because he's just been just solid. You know, he's leading the team in points now, actually, because his game is so well-rounded. It's, it's standing out big time. Um, just a good game. And then the Dallas game, which was, like you said, getting down earlier, that, that was tough. Uh, and a total battle back. It just, you know, it, there was, there was some great times. There was some struggle and, and Bjork's or we've had some, guys standing out really well. And then we, we, we tend to pick about the obvious, like, you know, the, the Borgen pinch. And I know you want to talk about it, Nathan. It was, it, I mean, it was blatant. It was, it was tough. It was bad. And then he got burned again on the blue line again, but you know, that guy's been playing such solid hockey. I'm willing to overwrite it for a bit. When I look at his overall stats and how he's been playing for a three, four D guy, you know, compared to the first year here. Yeah, um, you had to reel me in when I was. Well, yeah. I get it. I mean, <laughs> I get it. it. It was like, as soon as he pinched down low, he, I think he knew he made a mistake at that point. Right. Cause you know, he looked out the corner and he goes, well, shit, I got one D back there. My forwards are down here. So, you know, all, th- all three forwards in one yeah. corner. That's, but you want to know something it happens. And it's the thing about a Haxel puck pressure system is you're going to get more overloading of forwards on an F one, two, three pin or four check. And sure. You, you know, so, I mean, that's kind of the negative of that thing, but still, yes, he should have known for sure, actually. But we can only pick him apart so bad. We we battled back, like you said, Chris, quite impressive. Um, and I think uh, Evan's got another point that he you know he's got four four points down in seven games, all assists. He's looking okay. He's averaging about eight seventeen something a game. He's doing just exactly what you're supposed to. And then the game last night, which. You know, yes, Joey stole the game. I, I sat there and I thought, because like you said, Chris, how many times have we watched games and seen other tenders on other clubs steal games? And we just asked for, as a fan, like, you know, you expect your goalie to pull two or three games a year uh, stealing a game, correct? I mean, you really do. If your team's not going to support it, you're expecting your goalie to stand on your head and go, okay, he won it. He totally won it. It was so great. I was trying to figure the last game that ever happened and obviously it was with a grubauer situation somewhere last year maybe i don't know um not that dramatic that was the most and yeah and you know what considering we got shot i mean we got shot out and he did set a team record for a minute there the statisticians had it as a record but he tied the uh shots on goal record so but you know just coming back because they were really down early with on shots on goal the man uh they made it respectable and uh what a game. I mean, geez. Yeah. It's Nathan, just... I, Nathan, I know you got to go in a few minutes. You're going to be with us for part of the show. Uh, why don't you chime in? I mean, obviously you and I talk, you know, and look at goalies a lot and all. You must be psyched uh, about Joey's play. And, yeah, just your your thoughts on uh, on the past few games, and particularly Joey. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a nice surprise to have to buckle up and actually, you know, watch him go a million miles an hour, you know, around there. He's – you know, you guys say standing on his head and Jim was mentioning earlier about, you know, going into the corners and playing the puck. And and I get heart palpitations every time he leaves that crease. But damn it. I mean, he does it so well for such a young player. He's really aggressive and I like it. Don't get me wrong. But there's times where I get a little bit worried, but he pulls it off. So that's a, lot great. Of, um, a lot, a lot of fans do like it, you know, Jim, or you might even heard when you sat with me, Nathan, on that section, I, I'm hearing some people 
or just go, oh, what's he doing? Uh, you know, what are you doing? Quite used yeah. to it, you know. But yeah. um, that's that's the style of play. Get used to it, folks. You know, and it works sometimes. It does. It's not going to work for everybody, but for him, it works. And we're just gonna we're gonna leave that to him. Uh, thank you, by the way, for being such a fantastic date at that game. We had a blast. Yeah, man. Uh, Chicago. I mean, what else is there to say other than? You know, Jim nailed it on the head. It was like watching a AHL or Western Hockey League uh, team. Lots of time with the puck. It was really good to see. Refreshing just to kind of shove it down somebody's throat after, you know, that awful, awful skid we had. The Kings game at home. Yeah, we would have loved to not have to go to a shootout because we know how fantastic they are at that. But that's okay. The Dallas game, you know. They did pretty well. They they clawed back, like you said. When we were talking about the Will Borgen pinch, I notice a lot of things on defense. I, I tend to pick defense and goaltending apart more than anything else. I don't even necessarily pay so much. I shouldn't say I don't pay attention to offense, but I don't recognize offensive laps as much other than a one too many passes kind of thing or, or whatnot. But when you have three forwards in the corner, which in my opinion shouldn't have happened, things do happen. You got to do what you can to stay with the puck, especially in the opposition. I get it. But when Will just went literally two strides too far into, into that, that zone and then the two on one just happened and they made it look really elementary. So it was, that was a disappointing play, but he has been really solid. So congrats on, uh, on everything else that he does. Then uh, that Kings game, I didn't get to watch as much as I wanted, but I did see a little more than half. Good game. Really good game. And yeah, Joey absolutely 100% stole it. 110%. Good stuff though. It's good to see that we're turning it around. What's that's three out of five after that eight game skid. It's pretty good stuff. Yeah, and and points in in all those games, uh, one or two, or at least one point in all those games or two, you know. Yeah, so I mean, they're uh, you know they got they got a ways to claw themselves back. I mean, we can look at you know I'm looking at the standings as uh, we're recording this on the 21st, so uh, a little bit before they play the Anaheim game before our uh, Christmas time break. Um, you know, they're they're fifth in the wild card behind Nashville, Arizona, St. Louis, and just uh, well. They have the same amount of points as Calgary, but um, I think that Calgary has a tiebreaker on them. But uh, that that's the good news. That's nice. That seems like they're right in it. But, uh, you know, they've got 34 games they've played. And Minnesota Wild, who are right behind them, have 30. They have four games to make up. So does Edmonton, four, uh, five, I guess, on their – no, four, actually. Yeah, they're – you know, so – you know those teams win half their games. They they could you know potentially leapfrog uh, the Kraken in the standings. So still a long ways to go, eh? Well, we need. They're all important games, but that Calgary game is super super important. Yes. For one, keep the momentum going. Let them know we're not going away, and to see them go from where they were in the standings, you know, three spots lower, two spots lower than they are right now, right on the tail. And points wise, they're so close to other, other, you know, potential wild card teams. It's just one or two games from either team and it can completely flip flop 
And I've said it before, they just need to keep doing what they're doing, polish a couple small things up, and they'll be fine. They're going to do okay. They just need to keep going and not look back. Yeah, I'll, I'll add, though, too, I, I mean, I get, you know, Calgary's very, very, all, all games with all their division opponents are, but you got to also win the games you're supposed to win. Anaheim, in Anaheim, I don't care, Anaheim and yeah. two. I don't care. you got to win. And Anaheim's been on a two-game win streak. But for the most part, they've been they've been pretty poor this year. They've you know they've uh, they're only like three and seven out of their last ten. Um, they got to win that one too, arguably just as, just as much. So um, it, it's everything. Everything's really important right now. I agree. Um, and you know, I'm going to go ahead and throw uh, Arizona in that mix too. I know they're ahead of us oh. and all, but I'm waiting for them to fall on their face and we got to beat them every time we play them. And I'm glad you brought up the Calgary bit, Nathan, because you know, they struggle out of the box too. And there's, they, they get a couple, they drop a couple. I know their fans aren't happy. And for some reason, they're a team that I, I don't worry about, but I know they can screw us up big time. And Markstrom is coming back from injury. So, and I know Markstrom wasn't doing great, but it's time for him. You know, he's probably going to step up here because they, they need to alternate their goalies to proper fashion. So, yeah. Do I still think, <laughs> you know, you know where I stand. I still think it's a struggle no matter what, just the way the division is going. Um, but if, if I were to wrap it up right now from those last five games, I'm very encouraged about what I've seen. I don't want to go backwards with it. Um, <clears throat> the one thing I would like to see is, we are taking some stupid penalties, uh, undisciplined shit all the way up and down the lineup from even guys like Gord late. And we can't afford to do that in one goal games at all. So that's the only negative. There's been more positives with scoring first, um, great goaltending. Um, even though we're getting outshot, uh, the numbers and the, and the quality chances are good guys. Like let's hope Ebb's, gets going again after getting his fourth goal finally. I mean, that was, and then Baneers again, he got going. So that needs to continue to happen no matter what. And obviously that fourth line, hopefully they continue because that's huge, right? You know, the third line's always going to be there no matter what. They've in three years, they, they've pretty much been totally acceptable, fine and, and doing their job. Um, the, the second line kind of is up and down that, that one gets more, uh, you know, rotation of players in anything, it seems. Cart Cartier seems to be the the key. Like, is Cartier going to be on the first? No, he's going to be on the second. Is he going to be on the fourth? Kind of, he's kind of like the floater right now. And then on top of the injury, you got Cole Lynn coming in on that fourth line to pick up the McCann piece and then move guys around type of deal. Um, yep. And the schedule looking ahead, like you said, got to win those games and beyond those games if we got a chance here. Uh, I am excited obviously about the winter classic coming up. So that's kind of neat seeing all the, all the stuff on social media about the pictures and all that. Definitely. I've been seeing a lot. Well, when we were at the game, Chris, I, I saw quite a few winter classic jerseys already out. Oh yeah. I had mine. Yeah. Well, no, a lot of people all getting a head start on it. I'm, I'm looking at a hoodie for myself and, and also, yeah, no, people are, getting psyched, getting ready uh, with all their gear. And, um, I mean, uh, you know, we're going to be psyched besides the game, you know, getting a chance, uh, you know, they're letting the public or, or a limited amount of public get to uh, skate on the ice 
afterwards. So we'll talk a little more about that on the next episode because that'll largely be uh, I'll wrap up on the the Anaheim Calgary and uh, Philly. Well, actually, it'll be a little bit before the Philly game. So we'll wrap up a couple of games uh, and then uh, talk about the preview for the Winter Classic and uh, next week. But yeah, it's a lot. Jim, it's some- oh uh, um yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I also got a couple other things. I think you want to talk about too, Chris, uh, we were talking when we were sitting there watching and you can't deny it. Uh, you know, Bjorkstrand, <laughs> his game. I mean, this guy is all around. He is so aware out there. His head is up offense, defense, his puck protection. He's just playing super good. He, I was uh, looking on uh, some analytic stuff. Some guy Dobler puts up that I follow he had him ranked like 31 in all the analytic numbers, which is in the group three ranking. So if you can imagine top 10 players in the league, second uh, set, and then he's in the third set at 31, that's that's pretty impressive, actually. So um, it's good to see him doing He's You know, he's got 10 goals, 16, it says 26 points, minus two. I mean, he's leading the team right now, you know, and Dunn's where he's always been. After that, you know, you got your guys finally catching up a little bit, Tolvi and stuff. But getting back on, on um, Joey and what we've been talking about, you know, it's noticeable, right? His numbers. Here's just an example. Like in the last six games that he started, he only has one game under 900 save percentage at an 857 against Dallas. And we still had a chance in that game. Um, he's, you know, Minnesota 920, Florida shut out Chicago, 955, LA 947, LA again, 977. I mean, you can't ask for more than that right now. I, those and his, so that's brought up his base numbers. I think he's running on a nine fifty uh, nine eleven or something right now. We've never had a goaltender holding out this early over nine hundred. I think Grubauer got there late in the year before the playoffs, but that's outstanding. Um, and Nathan, you know, you gotta, just a stop, Nathan. You got to head out, buddy. I do. I was just going to hop off quietly, but uh, well, it's all right. Good we show, guys. To good to talk with you end. guys. Good to see Thanks, you. Thanks, buddy. That with you, buddy. Okay, Nathan Gunderson, everybody. And uh, well, Nathan, we'll talk to you next week, pal. Sounds good. Thank you. Good game. All right. It, um, putting on his goal, uh, hockey gear to play. So there you go. Um, and Jim, then, yeah, go ahead, Jim. Oh, and then I was just going to run into a couple. Of te- uh, I'm not going to go deep on the team stats, but I mean, we people have been talking about the PK. I think we're 21 for 22 now. That was been a weak spot in the past. So we're, we're shoring that up right? At 79%. That's on the up. It's mid pack 16. Um, PP 19, still hanging at about 20%. So that's always been about there anyway. Uh, goals for 60. That's another thing. We're still down, you know, goals for 60 is 29th in the league, 2.68 goals for, or I mean, goals against 19, 3.12. So there's only one red mark there and that's goals for, we need to continue guys like Ebbs, guys like Beneers, those guys need to step up, hopefully here, and, and support the rest of the team. Fourth line's doing. They're going to have to. I mean, no, no McCann for. We're not sure how long. Possibly Sunday, they said. I believe. Okay, that's hopefully yeah, because it's been about Ollie and McCann and maybe Yamamoto a little bit and and Tolvin and, and Tolvin. Yeah, these guys have been quiet. So that we. Did yeah, you're right. Tan, tan of. Uh, but you're right, Tana, Veneers, Ebbs. You know, starting to see these names that we haven't seen in a while and. You know, with, I'm I'm just thinking with Jared McCann out, uh, it, it 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 behooves them even more so 
to step right. up. And they have to to this extent. So uh, that's that's a relief to see. Um, yeah. I want to jump back a little bit. Um, thanks for all the stats. But I, I was going to just want to kind of look at the standings. Because uh, you mentioned something that I, I've been kind of wondering about a little bit about some some of their uh, rivals here, or at least conference rivals. Yeah, Arizona Coyotes. They've been a nice little story there, and uh, you know, but I've been a little suspect. I, I I'm a little perplexed at doing that well, and I've been a little, you know, I'm I'm a little. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, skeptical. You know that, that totally they, they'd be up there. I mean, the Preds. I think are legit. I could see them yes. being in the wild card thing. St. Louis has gone through, uh, you know, the, the cha- coaching change. They're a little bit of a weird, inconsistent team. Not sure what to say there. Same thing with Calgary. Uh, Minnesota seems to be going, you know, good. I mean, I, I watched them the other day with the Bruins game as an overtime game. I mean, uh, Mark Andre Fleury kind of <laughs> stole that game. Uh, arguably, but uh, you know the Minnesota Wild have have some have some skills there and and some some good players. They could rise a little bit. Edmonton, I think, should wow. rise. Although they went through a little bit of skid, but they they just st- which they just stopped recently. Harder- they still have big time goaltender problems. Big time. Yeah, their goaltender problems exactly. They've got they're pretty stacked on other points of their team, but not yeah. There's there's issues there still. Uh, Anaheim, Chicago, San Jose, I don't worry about, but, uh, it, it, there's still an opening there for Seattle to move up, but I just wanted to say, you know, it, cause other than Nashville, none of these other teams scare me. I mean, the one, one of the teams that are on the top Vegas, Va- Vancouver, Hey, still, still doing great. LA Kings. That's why I thought it was such a statement to get three points out of two games against the Kings. Wow, I, w- I didn't I, see that coming. I'm like, oh, just no. these other games because you're probably going to lose in the Kings, I'm thinking to myself. I mean, you know, even though you got outplayed and Joey stood on his head and stole that game, it, it has the feel of your best game of the year. You know what I mean? As far as a win- winning game, for sure. Um, looking at the standings like you just reviewed, I agree with you on Nashville, and they even know they're hot. The fan base knows they're hot. I look at Arizona like just like we did with Vancouver at the start of the year, like, okay, is this sustainable? I mean, they can't do it, right? I feel like that's where Vancouver should have been right now. But Arizona's got to fall in my opinion. I know they have massive young talent and everything's going right and clicking. But, man, I just don't see it. I don't know. And and St. Louis is kind of a surprise. I can see them falling on their face. Like I said, Calgary's always been a mystery with me. I don't care how well you know that club. They just are a total mystery to me. I think they're a mystery to their own fan base, uh, straight up. Um, Minnesota, you know, the most, um, God, their fans just have been suffering for years with expectations, and it's showing right here even worse than we would have thought. And then, it, of course, Edmonton. Although they've, they've won seven out of their last ten. And that was a coaching they've, replacement. They've been doing, yeah, exactly. They've been doing quite well, arguably, after the coaching change. So, yep. This pesky team, uh, or they can be, and yeah. and because they've got four, both at Minnesota and Edmonton have four games in hand. That that's why I'm concerned with with Seattle now. Exactly now, maybe they they won't win, or maybe if they just win a couple of the games, whatever. I mean, Seattle has to worry about their games. You can't always look behind your shoulder, but that's, it's just it's just one of those things. Like when they're playing Minnesota and Edmonton it, and Calgary, it makes those games upcoming that they have with those teams even more important. Right, and that's why 
you know, at that critical time when we took those eight straight, it just kills, right? I mean, look at, we're trying to make this stuff up, right? And, you know, people, there's uh, been media locally, you know, some of those Seattle Times and all this stuff. I think uh, Baker's being more straight up honest about things. But, you know, people are still talking like, I don't know, I think we might have a chance. There's a chance. And I'm like, man, I mean, I hate to sound negative and all, but what chance are you looking at compared to the... I said November 30th, I hit that panic button like you wouldn't believe. And here we are, you know, it's almost Christmas. So it, it, it's got to be a hell of a turnaround and other teams need to fall on their face. Well, they're in, they're in it for the reason I'll, I'll quote you more or less or paraphrase you. They're in it because the, the, much of the rest of the conference is being mediocre. We've got these very top tier teams you know, about, you know, uh, I don't know, say five, six of those teams, you know, Winnipeg, Dallas, Colorado, and then of course it's a Vegas, Vancouver, LA. You might throw the Preds in there. So okay, that's it. That eighth spot arguably is really up for grabs. No, it is. I just it's like you said earlier, games in hand, and we've got you know we played the most games, and those just right now, man, and we eight eight games we squandered points, and that just sucks right now. That's all I'm saying. You know? Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, and. And are they going to be that streaky team, you know, one of these, you know, little streaks back and forth and back? You know. We still haven't won more than, we still haven't won more than two games in a row. Right. Full winning. Yeah. Which I mean, is just, yeah, that's the know. thing we have, you know, the overtime loss. Well, well, at least we get a point. Well, yeah, overtime. you do, but you know, you, you're not going to win. You're not going to get in the playoffs by, by doing that all the time, you know, and they, they've got, as as of uh, recording, nine nine overtime. Jim, can't you just imagine there'd be a totally different story of five of those nine games they had actually won? Yeah, I mean, five more point, and that we're talking. We'd have a very different conversation right now. I totally, and you know how I feel about the overtime loser point, anyway. Um, <clears throat> uh, we can get into all kinds of different potential scenarios of future point systems and winning and losing and all. But Chris, you and I came from the era of eighties and nineties Bruins. when we'd see 14 and 15 ties in the year, guess what? They still figured out who was placed where in the division by the end of the year. I've, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't have to walk away with a fucking winner. I'm sorry about that, but you know, I would rather go out on a tie than lose an OTL or a shootout straight up in as far as the vibe of walking oh, yeah. out of the building. But, yeah, but people in don't days, camp- in those days both team would get a point, right? No, it was two and oh. It was two and oh, you know, it's zero points or two for the win. And the only way you separated wait, wait, that- when you had a tie you had a tie, nobody got a point. I'm pretty sure unless they change that later in the rules, but okay, you know, I can't remember the, so long ago. The thing is you're giving your opponent a, a point or another point in this scenario that we've known for quite a while. And uh, often that's uh, a division or conference rival. So right. you know, in a way it's like, okay, yeah, you got a point, but so did they, they got two points. Yeah. And, so, and you're, and you're vying for a playoff spot with that team potentially. Yeah. There's all kinds of written scenarios of what they could do or whatever. No, you'll never satisfy anybody. It all started with the league as they always do. They sit down around their freaking, you know, 16 seater table and say, how do we sell the game? How do we make it better? Well, it's offense, offense. I don't believe that shit. It doesn't have to be offense. I'd much rather sit and watch a two-one game that's incredibly physical with goaltenders standing on their head and a winning goal or winning whatever late in the game or 
in overtime or whatever, but I, I don't need a score of seven to five to justify this is hockey, baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. And you know, the, yeah, it's, um, it's always based around offensive production. Yeah. I was going to say though, no matter what I'm talking about, you know, a hockey fanatic or a, or a casual fan, I can't, I, I know a lot of people who like the three on three overtime. I have not run into anybody. I'm trying to think. I'm sure somebody likes it, somebody out there, but I haven't run into anybody who I know who likes a shootout determining no. the game. I, I have this conversation with a lot of people, and I mean, some are, you know, meh about it. I mean, they don't care one way or the other. It's whatever. But but a lot of people are like us. They, they don't like it. So I'm trying to figure out who liked this. Well. Well, there is less and less as the game goes on, people that enjoy three-on-three. Three. There's less and less. At the start, there was a lot more. You know, I can't remember. I was doing some research a while ago. I remember saying when they first implemented I go, because the AHL experimented with stuff first. And they did the four-on-four four at first. And I said to myself, I said, that's what I want, four-on-four four hockey, to be straight up. We can start there and move on from there. You know, and everybody always says, you know, easy for a couch, whatever couch fan or just a fan to say, why not just make it 10 minute overtime? There's a reason you play 82 games a year. You travel a lot and everything. Believe it or not, this is incredibly taxing on a body <clears throat> and adding five more minutes on a game that's already over. That's already had five minutes in it. It, it starts beating you up over and over and over. If Especially if you played nine of them like the Kraken have played. And if most of those on the road, let's just say. They don't want to go any extra time, you know? So <clears throat> you can go all over with this if you want, but, and, you know, me being my old coaching stuff, I'm not a fan of three-on-three -three hockey. I never have been. It's it's incredibly, it, it goes against uh, coaching uh, philosophies and things and what you're, you know, and the, granted these guys are pros and they know what they're doing and everything, but no matter what, it takes a player out of character on three-on-three -on -three from what he would normally do. And if, you don't want to say, can teach bad habits but it you will do things you wouldn't normally do anyway and that's usually when you get burned and usually ends up in a result in your own net so that's why i'm not a fan of it personally but there's tons of fans of it whatever i don't care i just i'm at no law i don't care about tie games i really don't hmm. yeah i hear you well anyway uh we talked a lot about joey decord earlier uh you think we're going to see Chris Drieger in these next three games. I mean, not, I, I'm sure it'll be Joey in the Winter Classic at this point. Unless, even if Grubauer, I'd be, I'd be shocked. But uh, comes back that soon. Right. But I'm thinking we got to see Drieger somewhere around here. Well, yeah, and it's uh, good that you brought up Grubauer because as soon as he got injured, and you knew it was a groin thing, you could just tell by the replays. You know, they don't, they really take their time to those on goaltenders because you have to be absolutely 100 to come back on that because they open up again instantly. Um, as soon as that happened, I thought to myself, I just go, oh, God, I wonder if it's even going to make the Winter Classic. And sure enough, it's it's a conversation right now. Um, yes, we just ran Joey for six games. There was enough spacing to say, okay, okay. But because we're behind, and I'm trying to think like the coaching staff and the goaltender coach, um, I'm sure they've had plenty of meetings like, we got, he's hot. We got to run him right now to make a point production, right? That has to be it. If that, if they weren't in that position, I can guarantee you Drieger would have played one or two of those, I'm sure. But now you're going to have to start thinking about that, right? You've got 
what's the schedule in front of us? You got what is it again? Arizona, Anna, 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 no Anaheim and uh, Calgary, and then and, and Philly at home. And he's got to play one of those, obviously, doesn't he? And Philadelphia is really hot, so he's not going to play that. And you know, let's just say Gru's not back, so Joey's going to play Winter Classic, I'm sure. Um, if Anaheim. that's it, you know, so yeah, he's going to play one of those for sure. And his numbers are fine; he's good. But I've also heard a little bit of. You know, there's been some topics on his other uh, programs and stuff about potential trade rumors or what have you. And his contract ends this year, and he's 3.5 million. And he only had his first year he played games. I'm not sure how many games he got without looking at the data here. And I don't have it. Um, and then he got injured in the World Junior Cha or the World Championship, which I am not a fan of that tournament at all. And we've gone into that before. And then he came back on the conditioning assignment, and he's in Coachella, and he lost the job technically at camp to Joey. So over his three year, 3.5, do the math, $10.5 million or whatever it is, you know, he's going to go, he's going to be gone. People need to understand that people need to not worry about it. It's just how business works. So I've been hearing that scuttlebutt lately. Yeah. 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 We, were, we were hearing a few trade rumors many days ago, nothing, well, yeah. far for, a, for a draft pick, but all the rest of the guys are still here, so uh, we'll uh, it'll be interesting to see. But uh, got some good stuff to talk about. A um, couple little points here. We we do not have a message from the deep for tonight, but we'll bring that back next week. Congrats to our listener Jasmine uh, for uh, getting your question in last last week. Hopefully, you got the T-shirt we sent you the other day. Uh, we've got some other T-shirt orders coming uh, that just came in. Uh, I'm away, so uh, it'll take me a little while. I'll probably get that to you uh, sometime after Christmas. So thank you for your patience. If you're waiting for a shirt, we just have a handful left of the Dunn and Larson uh, Maritime uh, Law Group shirts. Do have quite a, not a ton, but a few uh, Kraken Fan Cow shirts. So um, so please uh, go over to, if you're interested in a shirt, uh, go to seattlekrakenfancast.com and uh, click on the shop link. And I'll bring you to our T-shirt page. So there you go. And um, and that's it. That that's it for our episode today. Anyway, lots okay. of fun stuff. Yeah. Unless there's anything else we missed, Jim. I'm looking at notes here. I don't think so. We got injuries that's done. Right. We got we got everything. We got Tatar talk. Yeah. Absolutely. We got Joey talk. Tatar. We got Bjorky. We just railed on. Yeah. It's everything's good. There you go. All right. Well, yeah. And we're in a better mood this time. So. Well, yeah. It's. <laughs> It was, it's all, like I said, it was almost a blur because that was just miserable. And then I started realizing I was taking game notes and I go, wow, we played five games and we got to talk about five games. Basically. I'm like, if they're in a 10 game losing streak, I don't care what anybody says. Is Haxtell going to have his job? So I think he just saved his job. I just, uh -huh. I just hope we, you know, we, we take care of business at home respectably and don't have a dud. And I know Philly's going to be tough because, you know, he's, He's doing well coaching that club right now. <laughs> I'm kind of happy for him, actually. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Torts, Torts hasn't uh, had a happy situation in a while. So no, he hasn't. And I hate Philadelphia. You know how I hate. Yeah, no, I know. But flyers, I just I, like to see that guy smile and not get just blasted by everybody. So, but you know, we got a, characters in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, but we got a great week coming up here. And like I said, you and I've everybody's seen the videos and pictures and everything coming up, and it's starting to feel the reality of like I'm starting to notice people or have actually been texting me who aren't really hockey fans, but they're they know me and everything, and they're like, Hey, are you going to that? And I'm like, Of course I'm going to that. 
I mean, come on, man. Waiting all your life for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Ever since they started, I'm okay. It's not all your life, but you know, every night it's like, wow, well, that. And then we hear we're going to get, I think we even had some, you know, casual conversations. We're like, oh my God, we're getting a team. The team wasn't even named yet. No. Thinking, wow, there'll be a winter classic here someday, you know? And uh, yeah. It is. And we were always thinking it was going to be Vancouver and all that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, well, there you go, Vegas. Yeah, but uh, hey, they got to play the game. There are all kinds of surprising games happening in NHL this year and then most years. So, you know, it'll it'll be great. People are going to be very, very excited. And they're going to be in for a real fun weekend, fun time happening. Because, you know, Jim, Jim and I have been to one. We went to a, well, you've been to more than one, Jim. But I, I've been to one with you, uh, Boston Bruins, Montreal Canadiens. Winter Classic. It was at uh, Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, where the New England Patriots play. And even though it was kind of a dud, kind of lopsided, totally. Uh, but it was still so fun. You know, yeah. Tailgating before a hockey game. And, yeah. Uh, I want to. The atmosphere. Yeah. Was great. I want to remind people that. So try to be involved. This is a spectacle and an event. Think about the game as being secondary, really. And hopefully, like the, like the Major League All Star game was. I mean, then yeah, yeah. This is and just, around just think it. of it. Just try to maximize your time to take in everything, whether it's the night before or whatever, or just early in the morning starting that day. And then post game, I said, you know, if you win, that's a bonus. But it's all about everything going on, and I guarantee you, you'll probably be standing the whole game just because it's just the way they are. Um, people down in the lower areas, since their vision isn't going to be as good to the rink, they're probably going to be partying harder, actually. Um, but just just know that it's a spectacle and try to take it all in and enjoy it, win or lose, because uh, that's what it's all about. It's not so much about that 60 minutes of hockey. Amen on that. All right. Thanks much, everybody, for as always, for tuning in. Uh, keep in mind, if you haven't already, please join us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, a aka x we are our handle there is at cast kraken we're, we're pretty uh involved and active on that also on instagram uh this podcast is available on apple Podcasts, spotify podbean and our own website seattlekrakenfancast.com and uh we're uh, also very grateful for our supporters at patreon if you'd like to help support us doing what we're doing we're very very grateful uh just five dollars a month or Whatever you can do is is very appreciated. You can find more info on that at patreon.com slash Kraken Fancast. So for Jim Cockrell, Nathan Gunderson, and our fantastic producer, Jay Middleton, I'm Chris Porter. We thank you very much for tuning in. And before we say our usual thing, we want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas for those of you who celebrate the holiday or Festivus or Kwanzaa or whatever. Are you finishing up Hanukkah? We wish you a very, very happy holiday, everybody. Yes. And as always, we also say, Go, Go Crackin'. Crackin'.